from UA Little Rock Public Radio, this is The Art Scene. I'm Daniel Breen. When you think of an arts and culture destination in Arkansas, some places definitely spring to mind. The hillside charm of Eureka Springs, the sleek modernism of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, or the shows, murals, and general cultural happenings in Little Rock. But if you drive about an hour south, a whole new world of arts, history, and heritage awaits you. Pine Bluff's Arts and Science Center for Southeast Arkansas has proven to be a quiet powerhouse in the arts community, and likewise in the world of science, with public programs focused on science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics, also known as STEAM. But the visual and performing arts are perhaps featured most prominently at the center, with three exhibitions available for visitors to experience virtually or in person. The art scene caught up with Dr. Rachel Miller, Executive Director of the Arts and Science Center for Southeast Arkansas, about how they've adapted to a very different landscape. She talks about the shift to virtual programming and fundraising, in particular their Heart for the Arts Telethon, an 80s-inspired fundraiser featuring volunteers, performers, and members of the community. She also talks about their expansion to a new facility, Artspace on May. public programming, uh, focusing on cultural heritage and historic preservation. I worked for the Arkansas Historic Preservation Program, which is an agency of the Department of Arkansas Heritage. It has a really long name now, but when I was there, it was just the Department of Arkansas Heritage. <laughs> and I worked there for seven years, and my main uh, job was to work with communities, specifically schools. Uh, rural schools on creating public programming focusing on their cultural assets and historic uh, sites. And so I did that for seven years and that led me to pursue a PhD in cultural heritage at um, Arkansas State University. And while I was there, I worked with ASU's heritage sites, which includes the uh, Hemingway Pfeiffer Museum, the historic uh, historic, historic, uh, Boyd Home for Johnny Cash and Dice, as well as Lakeport Plantation and Lake Village and um, the Tyronza Southern Tenant Farmers Union Museum. So I created a program for them, specifically professional development for teachers, try to expand their exposure to teachers within the region as well as outside and help them create uh, um, materials that would accompany their museum tours. So that led to a job at the MacArthur Museum for Military History. I worked there for about two and a half years and helped them create a couple of their programs that are still around, like movies at MacArthur, their uh, reading brigade for after-school uh, reading program. And that led, eventually led me to the um, Arts and Science Center here in Pine Bluff. I'd always had kept an eye on this museum. I thought for a museum of its size, which is a small to medium-sized museum, they were um, always producing great work with a small staff. Always heard great things about what they were doing here. Um, the couple times I came to visit, enjoyed the exhibitions. And so when I saw that they had a position for the executive director open, I applied. And I came on board in April of 2017. 
I would be interested to know, um, from your perspective, what place in the community do you see the Arts and Science Center having there in Pine Bluff, and um, how does that uh, influence your programming choices and just your, your approach to your job? Well, the museum is, uh, it is very community-centric. Uh, a lot of our programs are based on feedback from visitors and participants as well as our community programmer program partners. We have a lot of partners here within uh, Little Rock, excuse me, um, Jefferson County and Southeast Arkansas um, that we partner with on programs that they specifically uh, need, that they see a, sh a shortage, whether it's within the school district, um, providing arts engagement, or we also have an emphasis with STEAM, science, technology, um, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And so we really try our best to get feedback and involvement from our community in almost everything we do. Uh, we are a small museum. We only have nine employees. And so we are very volunteer heavy. And our volunteers come from Jefferson County and Southeast Arkansas. And so we are an integral part of the cultural attractions here in Pine Bluff as well as the region. And uh, we're very proud of that, and we are very well loved, and, and we appreciate that. I am curious, how would you describe the community in Pine Bluff? You know, we we hear about it here and there. You know, it is very close to us here in Little Rock, but I, I think there's probably a lot that um, if you aren't living in Pine Bluff or aren't going there regularly, there's a lot you might miss. So I, I, I'm just curious of your uh, perception of the overall community there and sort of how are you... Uh, programming and having exhibitions that you feel best serve that, that community? Well, the community of Pine Bluff, as well as Southeast Arkansas, has a very rich history in the arts and in uh, the blues and music. Uh, right now in Pine Bluff, there is a great cultural heritage tourism initiative to emphasize um, the community of Pine Bluff's history, like legacy of well-known artists, well-known writers, well-known musicians, as well as our civil rights um, legacy here within the community and throughout Southeast Arkansas. Um, and so the community is, is very well aware of their cultural heritage and they're quite proud of it. Um, they're proud of their downtown, they're proud of the buildings, even if some people might drive through and say, hey, some of these buildings downtown are in really bad you know, shape, they need to, they need to be you know, renovated or pre preserved or some might things torn down. But the community overall is very proud of their cultural heritage. And the Arts and Science Center, our role, especially in the current cultural heritage tourism initiative and the creative economy, is to sort of amplify that awareness. And so we really focus on um, Arkansas artists, African-American artists, the population here is predominantly African-American, as well as Art of the Delta. And those three collecting scopes really highlight different aspects of this region's cultural heritage, which is very heavy in the arts and in music. Yeah, you mentioned how, uh, how at the forefront cultural heritage and history and things like that are in, in Pine Bluff and the Delta as a whole. Uh, and looking at your current exhibitions at the Arts and Science Center, you do get that sense that there is uh, a lot of um, history there and a lot of, um, 
I guess, reverence paid to it, but it all feels very relevant to you. It's all very much history and how it's applied to today and how that influences today. I guess, is that, uh, is that always an intentional thing uh, on your part? And do you, maybe do you feel that because you are, as you said, a smaller museum, you have more sort of flexibility to do things like that? The answer to those two questions is yes. Uh, we always, when we create programs, whether it's an exhibition, whether it's an after-school educational program, even a performing arts uh, production, we always seek out how it's relevant to current events, current com community trends, um, what we know that our community would be interested in. And you know, as an institution that really emphasizes basing our exhibitions in the scholarship, we always try to make connection with current scholarship on those particular themes or subject matters. And because we are a small museum, we do have the flexibility. We are able to have uh, different types of exhibitions. We do have, you know, our protocols, our guidelines in regards to uh, keeping with the American, uh, American Alliance for Museums accreditation. Uh, we, you know, we make sure that we, we practice our, you know, stick to the best practices for museums. But we do have more flexibility. We don't have to, uh, I don't know how to put it. Um, we, don't have, we don't have a lot of um, higher-ups telling us that we sh dictating what we should do, that we are able to really listen to the community, uh, see where their needs are, see, you know, the community really pay attention to who comes through our door, um, most often, and try to create programming for those people. And that flexibility, I'm sure, uh, came in handy, of course, with the uh, with the pandemic and having to uh, find new ways to both fundraise and both serve the community. Um, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, how 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 did that go? When were you first? I guess when did you first realize that this needs to be sort of a drastic change uh, of your approach? And how did you uh, go about handling that? Well, the museum had to close to the public on March 13th. Um, and it took us about, you know, two to three weeks to kind of figure out what are we going to do with all of this program that we have scheduled for the year. Um, you know, like I, as I mentioned before, the museum staff are very small. A lot of our program involves volunteers. And we were concerned about not being able to engage our volunteers and our regular attendees. Uh, but fortunately for the Arts and Science Center, we have a strong STEAM foundation. And so a lot of the technology that was necessary to transition to virtual platforms, we already had. We have, you know, cameras. We have, uh, you know, podcast microphones. We have recording, editing software. Uh, so we had a lot of that stuff that other museums might not have that they had to seek out funding for. So it kind of gave us a jump start on uh, re inventing, adapting our programming. So we started with creating uh, STEAM videos to kind of replace the after-school programs that we would typically be doing throughout the week and our Family Fun Day program, which is the second Saturday. And that grew into uh, doing our Meet the Curator virtually. That's when our curator, Cheney Jewell, she um, would inter has interviewed either artists that are currently exhibiting or previous artists. And we got a lot of great feedback on that. And we accompanied that with uh, virtual reality 3D exhibitions. So all of our exhibitions 
that are in person, you could see a 3D version of them on our website. So this just kind of all just sort of snowballed over the summer. We had our summer camps. They were hybrid. We had limited in-person um, interaction as well as teaching students virtually, kind of like what they're doing in the classrooms right now. We were doing that over the summertime. And we took a stab at a virtual production, theater production of Clue. Uh, it was a very big endeavor because we're not filmmakers, but I think we did a great job, especially our theater education coordinator. It required a lot of coordination with our uh, volunteers to come in and record separately and then doing a lot of cool editing to make it look like they were interacting with each other in the same space. And that's the same thing we did with our Heart for the Arts telethon. You know, typically we'd be having a 300-plus gala right now as our major fundraiser, but of course we can't do that. Um, so we thought about, you know, what could we do as a way to raise some funds, but it's also fun for our community, and specifically engaging our volunteers. Our vo we have gotten messages all year long about how much our volunteers miss being at the Arts and Science Center. And through a major uh, social media just call, we just did this big social media call asking for current and previous residents of, of Pine Bluff and the region that have volunteered at the Arts and Science Center to be involved in the Heart for the Arts telethon. And so we had volunteers from the area and from other places across the state uh, submit different videos um, from dance to theater to singing to comedy to artist demos um, to make it into an entertaining like variety show for our telethon. And we felt like it was a pretty big success. Now, do we raise a lot of money? No, we, we didn't think we would raise a lot of money. But the, I think the main goal for us was to make it fun and engaging for our audience and to really reach out and, and, and interact with our volunteers and let them know that we still love them, we're, we're here, we're coming back, and we hope to see them soon. And that's pretty much the response that we've gotten from everybody who tuned in over the weekend. We've gotten a lot of, lot of calls and emails and little thank you cards from people that really enjoyed being able to have that connection with the museum why they can't be here in person. Yeah, absolutely. And I did want to um, uh, commend you, I guess, give you plaudits because the uh, during the pandemic, it seems like a lot of um, not just, you know, arts and cultural organizations, uh, but just really every, everywhere you turn, you see things that are virtual, they're, they're online, but they're kind of being treated in the same way as they would be if it were an in-person event. So it's just like you're just watching a video of what would normally be an in-person event. You kind of lose that uh, that little that personal touch. But I think it, it's great that uh, you all did a telethon. It, it describes it on your website as uh, sort of a, a Jerry Lewis-esque type thing. So I was just wondering where that, uh, where that idea came from to have this sort of variety show telethon uh, type uh, atmosphere. Well, it actually came from <laughs> a friend of the Arts and Science Center. Um, I was having a conversation with him, and he was just like, you know, you guys should just do, do something really crazy that nobody's going to expect. And like, you know, like Jerry Lewis, you know, have like a telethon where you have a phone bank and you have a MC and you have different people coming in and off, uh, and especially people that are connected to the Arts and Science Center. Um, I think people would really dig it. 
So it took us a while to kind of figure out, like, how are we going to do that virtually? Like, you know, are we going to are we going to do it live on the stage, or are we going to do it pre-recorded? And just because of just the logistics of doing live and then mixing in pre-recorded, and just you know being concerned about exposure, especially with the numbers in, um, increasing um, so much, that we thought that it'd be best to try to um, do a lot of pre-recorded content. And that that actually was the best approach uh, because it was, we were able to engage more of our volunteers that would have not felt as comfortable about coming out and being on the stage and being around people right now. And I have to give a major shout-out to UAPB's Multimedia Communication Department, Randy Kelly. He played a significant role in making it a success and brought in really great equipment, cameras, and streaming equipment that allowed us to actually pull it off and pull it off well. Um, so they, we really, really do appreciate UAPB. And, and they have done that in the past. We've had, we've had a really great par a partnership with the different departments at, at UAPB. And uh, yeah, that, that really, they are the reason why it was a success. Because there's only so much that the Arts and Science Center can do with our small staff. And we really needed that expertise. You're listening to The Art Scene from UA Little Rock Public Radio. I'm Daniel Brain. We're speaking with Dr. Rachel Miller, Executive Director of the Arts and Science Center for Southeast Arkansas in Pine Bluff. She's giving us an update on what's new at the center's brick-and-mortar location, as well as their numerous online options available for visitors. Well, I do want to uh, sort of circle back around to the uh, current exhibitions that you have at the Arts and Science Center, because, um, you know, as you said, you can still experience them virtually, but you also... Uh, thankfully, you can see them in person now. Uh, just in, in looking at the uh, the three current exhibitions, uh, we have artworks uh, depicting women, created by women. We have uh, art focusing on social justice, and we have political cartoons. So, like I said, uh, it's that flexibility that you you get to uh, sort of cater to what the what the community wants, but also what's uh, most relevant uh, today. Uh, just wondering if you could tell us a little, a little bit about uh, what is in store for for visitors when they go see those ex exhibits? Well, all three of those exhibitions will be up through the beginning of the year. Um, our biggest exhibition is Rex Deloney, his Brothers by One, um, Social Justice and the Black Athlete. Uh, Rex Deloney, he teaches at Central High School. And so each one of his pieces, they're beautiful. They're, they're very large. They're colorful. They, you know, they have the personal connection of the individual's gaze. When you walk in, you're just hit with these beautiful images, and each one of them is a portrait of a particular individual that's either an athlete or associated with athletics that took a stand for social justice. Um, and if you haven't come to see it yet, I highly recommend that you do, because even though you see it on our virtual exhibition, you don't have the same impact as seeing it in person. Um, our, the other exhibition is Female Gaze. That, is, um, that exhibition is works from our permanent collection. And each piece is uh, created by a woman um, depicting women. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times, especially when it comes to nude portraits, they are done by men depicting women. And, and so our, our curator, Chaney Jewell, she really wanted to emphasize how women see each other and how they, how the, what, they, what do they emphasize when they are 
creating images of each other. Um, so it's everything from Delita Martin's new uh, prints, um, say, say, your, say My Name, um, all the way to we have some really personal portraits of a grandmother. So it's pretty diverse when it comes to the, the medium. We have prints, we have woodblock, we have paintings. Uh, so it's, that, that's a really great and, and diverse exhibition, and that's also virtually. And then ballots, ballots and laughs, that is based on Ray Walters. We have a very large collection of Ray Walters' political cartoons. Now, he's not from Arkansas, uh, and that collection came to us a long time ago, and we've been thinking about trying to come up with different ways that we could use that exhibition, and we felt like this year was the best time to put it on display. It's accompanied by a, a, a small exhibition about um, women gaining the, the right for the, for the vote this year, um, as well as uh, an emphasis on George Fisher. So we have on loan some dolls that were political dolls by George Fisher, and so we have uh, up in the, I think next month, we have one panel um, scheduled to talk with the U of A archives about their George Fisher collection, and we're hoping to also have another panel um, discussing political cartoons in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So that's what you can kind of expect from the exhibitions this month through the end of the year. And we also, besides those in-person exhibitions, we also have uh, uh, archived virtual exhibitions from the ones that were previously up that you can visit on our website. Well, in the uh, couple of minutes we have left, I, I do want to ask you about uh, your expansion, the uh, art space on Maine and the artworks on Maine. Uh, I did just want to ask about this is this is sort of a thing that we've been seeing certainly in Northwest Arkansas um, as well with the Crystal Bridges and the Momentary. It's sort of this idea of having a Maine, uh, you know, arts and cultural center, but then having a little satellite location that's more, uh, I guess, deeply embedded in the community. It's really like a fixture of usually like a downtown space. I'm, I'm just wondering what function do you see? Why do you feel that this is a, a necessary thing to do? And, and sort of what has your approach been to, uh, to creating this new space? Well, the Arts and Science Center Museum is located downtown. We've, this, this current location has been an anchor for the downtown area for 25 years, over 25 years. So the art space on Maine and artworks on Maine both of those buildings are in historic structures that are right next to us. So it's an expansion of our, of our campus, but it's not on the other side of town. So it's more of a campus. Um, and when it comes to the museum, our emphasis is on scholarship-based scholarship exhibitions. And we, a big chunk of our building is dedicated to our 232-seat theater. And we don't have a lot of educational space where we can host workshops, and large groups of students. And so the art space is one way for us to show the community as well as outside investors what adaptive reuse looks like in Pine Bluff, as well as how you can use redaptive reuse, adaptive reuse projects to amplify the arts. And so the art space, we are using that as a community gallery for artists from the region to sell their artwork. We don't do that um, in the museum. Uh, also have space for uh, diverse workshops in different mediums, uh, art mediums, but uh, as well as have lectures and presentations from individuals 
that are in the career, the art careers, um, not just artists, but we also like to expand it to individuals that work in different fields that are considered creative fields um, that are not just specifically artists. And that's our way of sort of contributing to the workforce development in this region is to introduce young people to the arts, but also realize that there's a lot of different careers in the arts that are not specifically as a maker. Um, but also we want to use it as a public event space, be able to host you know, more live music, be able to host uh, uh, monthly art walks. Uh, we got this beautiful uh, Pine Bluff Jefferson, Jefferson County Library that's opened up across the street. Uh, we also have the UAPB incubator next to us, and on the other side of that is the city plaza, event plaza. So we really do see that this corner of Pine Bluff, downtown Pine Bluff, as growing into an example block that we hope that outside investors will see how it's contributing to the downtown, how it's growing, how it can be diverse, and to come and take a look at the rest of the downtown as well as other places throughout the city and you know, start that conversation of how we can move as a community to uh, revitalize the economy, revitalize the, the downtown area. And I think we're, we're moving in a great direction. There's a lot of great stuff happening in Pine Bluff, not just the art space on Main. But of course, I'm proud of that because it's one of our projects. <laughs> Absolutely, as you should be. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you did answer this a little bit, but um, what, what is your, your mission, I guess? What, is your, what are your hopes for the future? What, what, do you, uh, what do you see the Arts and Science Center being and what place do you see it having in the, in the community going forward? Well, we hope and we do plan for it to continue to be a cultural anchor for downtown. Um, we hope that the art space and art works will entice other creative, creative people, people interested in creative placemaking, um, other investors that are looking at the arts and looking at Pine Bluff and want to know that there are cultural resources for their employees. Um, we really do see that um, as a museum and as a fixture in our community, as a community partner, um, that we can assist with the revitalization of downtown Pine Bluff and um, bringing great positive change to this community. And so we're going to continue to do that by providing high-caliber STEAM programming and arts education. And it's not just for Jefferson County. Um, you know, we already reach out to Southeast Arkansas but we hope with the art space and artworks that we can expand that outreach and start engaging more of this region, not just at the, the place base with the art space and artworks, but to come up with uh, more community outreach traveling programs that can go into the small communities and the schools. And so that's, that's our mission for the future. Dr. Rachel Miller, Executive Director of the Arts and Science Center for Southeast Arkansas in Pine Bluff. You can find more information about programming, classes, and events online at ASC701.org. And that's our show for this week. Please tune in next week at the same time. I'm Daniel Breen, and the art scene is a presentation of UA Little Rock Public Radio.